Hello there, everybody. Uh, welcome back to the podcast, The Road Less Traveled. And this is episode two of the podcast, and I'm your host, Data Pioneer. Today, I thought what I would do is, on this week's podcast, is actually going to be the first of a three-part podcast uh, in the area of a literature review of cryptography and the role that that plays in network security principles and practice uh, today. Um, in the very first podcast, we'll take a look at what cryptography is. We'll look at the early versus uh, modern cryptography. Uh, we'll touch on um, the overall trends and the research that have been conducted. And then in subsequent podcasts, in podcast two, we'll take a look at the scholarly literature surrounding uh, cryptography and network security and the role that it plays uh, in principles and practices. And then in podcast three, we'll take a look at the non-scholarly literature surrounding that subject matter, and then we'll make some conclusions about that. So let's take a look at, um, in this podcast, we'll take a look at uh, cryptography, what it is, and that kind of thing. So let's get into it. Um, this literature review is going to look at research that's been published um, in the area of cryptography. And uh, as I said, how, how it relates to network data and global communication security. Uh, it compares and contrasts the research that's pointing out the overall trends and what's already been published on this subject. Uh, we're going to analyze uh, the role, if you will, of cryptography uh, and how it's played uh, that role and, and how it plays the role in the future uh, relative to security itself. Uh, we're going to review uh, cryptography around the central theme of security that it provides, and we're also going to look at um, the security that it provides individuals, corporations, and others in the modern age of computing technology, of networking, and web-based e-commerce. And by reviewing uh, both the scholarly and non-scholarly works in the subsequent podcasts that are going to be done here in the next week and the following week, uh, the objective of the podcast series, three parts, is going to be to make a case that continuing research into the use of cryptography is paramount uh, in preserving the future of electronic data security and privacy, as well as continuing development of uh, web-based applications uh, that permit the growth of e-commerce business worldwide and to be conducted over the Internet. Let's get into it here. Um, early versus modern cryptography is uh, the really the first part of this particular podcast, so let's let's talk about that. So today's cryptography is vastly more complex than its predecessor. Uh, unlike the original use of cryptography and its classical roots, uh, where it was implemented to conceal uh, both diplomatic and military secrets from the enemy, the cryptography of today, uh, even though it still has far-reaching military implications, um, has expanded its domain and it's been designed to provide a cost-effective means, if you will, of securing and protecting large amounts of electronic data that is stored and communicated across corporate networks worldwide. Cryptography offers uh, a means for protecting this data, uh, all while preserving the privacy of critical personal, financial, medical, 
and e-commerce data that might end up in the hands of those who shouldn't have access to it. So there have been very uh, many advances here in the area of modern cryptography that have emerged recently, and especially around the area of 1970, uh, through a development of strong encryption-based protocols and newly developed cryptographic applications, uh, which began to appear on the scene around the 1970s. And around January 1977, uh, an organization called the National Bureau of Standards, or NBS, adopted a data encryption standard, which they called the DES, or Data Encryption Standard. And this was a milestone in, in launching cryptography, if you will, uh, and research into that cryptography, and the development into the modern age of computing technology. Uh, moreover, the cryptography uh, of that day found its way into the commercial arena, uh, and on December 1980, the same algorithm, DES, was adopted by another organization called the American National Standards Institute, or ANSI. Following this milestone, uh, yet another concept came out onto the scene and was proposed, and this was a proposal called the Public Key Cryptography, or PKC, which is actually still undergoing research development today. Now, when we speak of modern cryptography, uh, we're generally referring to cryptocism systems uh, because the cryptography of today involves the study and practices of hiding information uh, through the use of keys, which are associated with, with web-based applications, with ATMs, with e-commerce, computer passwords, and the like. Cryptography is considered not only a part of a branch of mathematics, but also a branch of computer science. Uh, there are two different kinds of crypto systems. The first kind is called symmetric, and the second, second kind is referred to as asymmetric. So let's look at the first. Uh, symmetric crypto systems involve the use of a single key, known as the secret key, to encrypt and decrypt data or messages. The second type is called the asymmetric crypto system, and it, on the other hand, unlike the symmetric form, uses one key, the public key, to encrypt messages or data, and a second key, called the secret key, to decipher or decrypt those messages or data. So the first system, um, the symmetric key system, uses only the one key, whereas the asymmetric system uses two keys. That's very important as we look at the research here uh, into the development of, of cryptography and its application today. And so for this purpose, the asymmetric crypto system is also known as a public key crypto system. You may uh, hear of it referred to as such. The problem that uh, the symmetric crypto system uh, had was, or that was facing, was the it uh, lacked a secure means for sharing that secret key, the only key that existed by the individual who wished to secure the data or communications. And that was very difficult uh, in its early days. Public key cryptosystems solved this problem, though, because uh, through the use of two keys and the use of the cryptographic algorithms used to create those public keys and system uh, secret keys, such as DES uses, uh, which has already been mentioned, um, a much stronger algorithm called RSA came into existence. Now, the RSA algorithm uh, is the most popular form of public key crypto system, 
uh, and it was developed by three individuals who came out of the Massachusetts Institute of Technology around 1977. Uh, and that's where RSA gets its name. The R comes from Ron Rivest, the S comes from Addie Shamir, and the A comes from Leonard Adelman. Now, the RSA algorithm involves a process of generating a public key by multiplying two very large randomly chosen prime numbers. And when I say very large, I mean at least 100 digits or more. And then by randomly choosing a third large number called the encryption key, uh, these are combined. Now, the public key would then consist of both the encryption key and the product of these two primes. Now, Ron Rivest developed a simple a formula, rather, by which somebody who wanted to scramble a message could use the public key to do so using that process. Um, the plain text would then be converted to ciphertext, which was transformed by an equation that included that large product. And lastly, using an algorithm developed through the work of a great mathematician by the name of Euclid, Ron Rivest provided a decryption key, one that could only be calculated by the use of the original two prime numbers. And that's the beauty of this RSA encryption, developing or going back and finding those two large prime numbers. Using this encryption key uh, would unravel the ciphertext and would transform it back into its original plain text. Now, what makes the RSA algorithm strong is the mathematics that's involved in this process. Ascertaining the original randomly chosen prime numbers and the large randomly chosen number, or the encryption key, that was used to form the product that encrypted the data in the first place is nearly impossible. A very popular public key crypto system that you may have heard of uh, and that I used quite a bit in my early days is known as a pretty good privacy, PGP. Now, PGP was developed by an individual by the name of Phil Zimmerman, beginning around uh, early 1991. He was uh, the founder of PGP. He developed the system, and now he is a fellow at pgp.com. The strength of the keys uh, that are created to encrypt and decrypt data uh, or communications is a function of the length of those keys. Typically, the longer key is stronger than the shorter key. And so, for example, a 56-bit key, key rather, uh, that consists of 56 bits of data would not be as strong as a 128-bit key, and consequently uh, a 128-bit key is not going to be as strong as a 256 or 1024-bit key, for instance. But let's look at some of the uh, overall trends identified in the research that I conducted into the field of cryptography and network security. So in, den in doing my research, uh, I found that it's already been uh, determined that uh, around since 1970, some noteworthy trends have emerged from that research. There appears to be a prevailing myth that uh, secrecy is good for security, and since cryptography is based on secrets, it may not be good for security in a practical sense. The mathematics involved in good cryptography is very complex and often difficult to understand, uh, but many software applications tend to hide the details from the user, thus making cryptography a very useful tool in providing network and data security. Many companies are incorporating data encryption and data loss prevention in their plans today, and 
based on strong cryptographic techniques that are have been implemented and developed. They're putting that into their network security strategic planning programs. Cryptographic uh, long-term security is needed, but is often difficult to achieve, as we'll see. Cryptography uh, serves as the foundation for most IT security solutions, which include uh, things like digital signatures that are used to verify the authenticity of updates for computer operating systems, such as Microsoft Windows, uh, for things like personal banking, e-commerce, and other web-based applications that rely heavily on secure sockets layer, SSL, and transport layer security, TLS, for authentication of data security on websites. And thirdly, the introduction of health cards that allow access to medical history, prescription history, medical records in countries such as the United States, Germany, Britain, etc., to contain the electronic health information of its citizens and which depend on digital signature and other encryption schemes for its security and privacy of critical data. There are product designs criteria that designers can meet for implementing strong encryption protocols into their software applications. However, I have to remember that strong public key cryptography may prove too computationally expensive for small devices. And the alternative here is that may be uh, necessary is to incorporate cryptographic hardware into embedded designs into these devices uh, that will do the uh, mathematics. Although cryptography uh, and information security are multi-billion dollar industries, um, the economy of the world and the defense of almost every nation worldwide uh, depend upon that, and it could not be carried out without it. An individual's identity in the digital world could be controlled by what we probably could term Federated Identity Management System, or FIM, which consists of um, software components and protocols that manage the identity of the individuals throughout their identity life cycle. Now, with the rise in uh, threats to sensitive data from outsiders, uh, encryption is seen as a necessary tool in ensuring corporate networks and individuals' information is secure as possible. Um, the ubiquity of the Internet makes it extremely difficult, however, to trace and identify intruders of corporate networks and Internet-based businesses which are involved in the e-commerce with the public domain. Primary security uh, concerns are confidentiality, uh, data integrity, data origin authenticity, agent authenticity, non-repudiation, and so forth. Current cryptographic techniques such as smart cards and pens and passwords and authentication, etc., uh, have, have performed well in keeping with data secure so far. However, the overall security of an encryption system depends heavily on its ability to keep cipher keys secret, while the typical human behavior is to write down passwords so they aren't forgotten, which often makes security very vulnerable to compromise. The concept of biometric-based keys appears to be one possible solution to this dilemma, something that's uh, been worked on now over the past several years. Uh, and is almost at the point of being perfected, I think. Security must be uh, the primary design consideration from a mission-critical or safety-related product's conception. 
through design and development, production, deployment, and the end of its life cycle. Embedded systems that find themselves installed in devices um, that are an integral part of the manufacturing, health, transportation, and finance sectors, as well as the military, without without having near-flawless, strong, and cryptographic uh, security built into them, would be vulnerable uh, to would-be hackers, uh, organized crime, terrorists, or even government uh, in enemy governments. The concept of uh, data-hiding technologies, whose aim it is to solve modern network security, quality of services control, and secure communications, has been as a or has been seen rather as a cost effective alternative to other means of data security which does not necessarily require protocol modifications and is compatible with existing standards of multimedia compression and communications security is an important aspect of any network i'm sure we most agree with that but in particular to wireless ad hoc networks where mobile applications are deployed to perform specific tasks. These, since these networks uh, are wireless, the potential for hacking into them using mobile devices is greater as there is no clear line of defense for protecting them. The development of the Mobile Application Security System, or MASS, which utilizes a layered security approach and strong cryptographic technique is seen as a viable, low-cost solution to protecting these application-based wireless networks. And finally, a new concept in cryptographic security known as quantum encryption, which uses quantum fluctuations of laser light at the physical layer introduced into existing network transmission lines, is seen as a means of enabling ultra-secure communications and near-perfect security. It's the intent of this podcast and the review of the literature to look at what we've has been published regarding cryptography in recent years uh, from the standpoint of network and data security and privacy, and to specifically address the role that cryptography plays in enabling this security. So in our next podcast, I will concentrate uh, on the scholarly literature out there today, which uh, speaks to cryptography and how it relates to network security. Um, and we'll, So we'll take a look at that in our next podcast. Hope you've enjoyed this podcast. This has been Episode 2 of The Road Less Travel. Your host again is Data Pioneer. Have a great day. Take care. Bye-bye.